Hello, everyone, and either welcome or welcome back to the Gender Libertarian Podcast. If you do like this, please rate, comment, and subscribe. You can find me on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, and on my Patreon page where you do get early access. Link will be down in the show notes. Oh, my God. I do not think I have ever been so happy for a week to be over, ever. <laughs> oh, my God. This this whole week has just felt like I've all I've done is wake up, consume content, record, edit, upload, go back to bed. <laughs> it's been a very long week, and this is going to be the normal weekly roundup, but I do want to point out that obviously we had a State of the Union address this week and a Democratic primary debate, and both of those got their own episodes, so I won't be discussing either one of those in this episode, but those two are already up, so if you want to go ahead and listen to those two, and then you can have a full picture of the absolute shitstorm that has been this week. So let's go ahead and address all the other things that are not State of the Union speeches or Democratic primary debates. But we will start with the start of the Democratic primary season and how this has not gone so great. So this past Monday was the official primary kickoff of the 2020 season. And as always, it starts with the Iowa caucus. And normally this is not this big a deal. It's just a caucus. Somehow or another, well, not even somehow or another, I think at this point we kind of know what happened. Everything went sideways on Monday with the caucus. And what seems to have happened is for some godforsaken reason, um, the Iowa Democratic Party decided that there needed to be like an app to count the caucus goers and the voters and to try to do the tabulations. The only problem is um, apparently whoever coded this app absolutely sucks at coding and nobody bothered to field test it on any kind of extensive level before launching it on Monday. And so everything kind of went pear-shaped on everyone because normally caucus, not that big a deal. It's, and if you've never been to a caucus or you don't understand how this works, it's basically, you know, you go to your precinct and it's, this is literally, it's like, okay, you're in a room, whether it's like a gymnasium, whatever. And then you go, you as a delegate, you go to your candidate's spot. Like, okay, if you support Sanders, you go stand over here. If you support Warren, you stand over there. If you support Buttigieg, you're in that corner. And then you stand there and then they do a head count. And then this is how that works. And then depending on exactly the breakdown, you could have second choice voting and stuff like that. And it seems like it's at the point of the second choice voting that the app came into play. And then that's when things got all haywire because votes weren't being counted correctly and votes were being attributed to one candidate that belonged to another candidate. And yeah. So Monday night, um, there was no clue who won Iowa. And so uh, kind of everybody just gave a victory speech. And it was kind of nuts to watch. It was it was just it was absolute chaos. And of course, out of this chaos, um, we technically still don't have an official winner, but what ended up happening, at least at this point, and this is of this recording, and it looks like the last update on this was from Friday afternoon, as far as the delegate count and the vote count. 
um, Pete Buttigieg won by the slimmest, slimmest of margins. And let me tell you how slim of a margin we're talking about here. So right now it's Pete Buttigieg at 13 delegates, 26.2% of the vote with a vote count of 564. Bernie Sanders is in second with 12 delegates, 26.1% of the vote, a 562 vote count. When I said this was slim, I wasn't kidding. And what's even more stark, I'll go ahead and do the rest of the list just because I I want to show you how this broke down because this is not what I was expecting at all. So in third, we've got Elizabeth Warren with eight delegates, 18% of the vote, 387 votes. Joe Biden has six delegates with 15.8% of the vote, which tallies out to 341 votes. Amy Klobuchar has one delegate at 12.3% of the vote with 264 votes. And then everyone else, there's no delegates and everybody either falls at one or below 1%, which means... Yang, Steyer, Deval Patrick, John Delaney, who's already dropped out, Michael Bennett, Michael Bloomberg, and Tulsi Gabbard all did not get any delegates and really didn't get any votes. So a couple of things out of this. Um, Yeah, I did not expect Pete Buttigieg to win the Iowa caucus. And I guess we put asterisk next to the win now and we'll get there in a second. But uh, yeah. I I expected him to be like third. I expected it to be Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden, and then either Pete Buttigieg or Elizabeth Warren in that third place spot. So right there, this is this is very surprising and obviously has shaken up the Democratic primary race. The other thing that has come out of this, especially with the whole app situation and how close the votes were and how things kept kind of swinging backwards and forwards and the fact that going into Iowa, Bernie did have a fairly sizable lead over everybody else in the field. Team Bernie is, um, yeah, they ain't having this. They ain't with it. And there are plenty of conspiracy theories out there that this somehow got stolen from Bernie, which... To be fair to the Sanders people, I mean, they've already been screwed out of a nomination once. I can't thoroughly fault them for feeling the way they feel, especially knowing that he did have that lead going into Iowa. And now all of a sudden it's Pete Buttigieg who, yeah, nobody, yeah, no, this is like kind of a come out of nowhere thing. And so they're basically like, what the fuck, dude? And so... The knives have definitely come out for Judge from the Bernie Sanders camp. Not necessarily from Bernie himself, although, like I said in my Democratic debate recap, um, there was a bit of challenging between Bernie and Judge during the debate, but Sanders supporters have come out against Pete in droves. Um, let's see, we had Mayo cheat trending, we had Mayor cheat trending, uh, we've now got white Obama trending, and they don't mean that as a compliment. Um, Mayor Pete is a cheat was trending. Yeah, so basically their feeling is that somehow Pete Buttigieg stole this. And the 
The developer of the app for the caucuses also developed another piece of software that Pete Buttigieg had spent money on to use in his campaign. And so the Sanders camp, or I won't even say the Sanders camp, because I don't think this is coming from Bernie Sanders official people, although one of these things was, but basically saying that somehow Mayor Pete bought his way into this. And actually one of Bernie's top surrogates made a tweet conflating the idea of Buttigieg's campaign purchasing the rights to use certain software in their campaign that all of a sudden now Buttigieg is like part owner of this software and like anybody who's ever licensed software knows that's not how this fucking works it's like just because you buy a subscription to Microsoft Word doesn't mean you're part owner of Microsoft Word like you're buying the rights to use a piece of software so it's been a bit crazy um basically they all think he's a rat And not that the Bernie Sanders people liked Pete Buttigieg in the first place, because if there is anything that progressives hate more than just centrist liberals, it's neolibs. And Buttigieg is a neoliberal. Make no mistake. For better or for worse, dude is a neoliberal. So they never liked him anyway. And now that they think that he like snaked Iowa from Bernie, oh, hell no. It's, ooh, I mean, they're they're booing this dude in public. Like, it's it's going to get nasty. It's going to get really nasty, especially with New Hampshire coming up on Monday. And as it stands right now, Bernie Sanders is showing a rather sizable lead over everybody else in the field. So what's going to happen in New Hampshire? Who knows? I think Bernie's going to win New Hampshire. Then again, I thought Bernie was going to win Iowa. So who knows? Next week is going to be a little insane, too. But just this this whole Iowa caucus thing was just, I was just like, what the fuck? What? How? How do you screw this up? Like, it's it's the launch of primary season 2020 in what Democrats are going to frame as the most important election ever, which is that's every four years, apparently. And having this kind of stance, especially from the progressive wing that, hey, we have all these great plans for the country and we're going to do this, that, and the other. And now everyone's like, y'all can't even run a caucus. And it's that's a little bit of an unfair assessment to me because it really had nothing to do with the candidates. It had to do with the Iowa Democratic Party and the DNC. And But it, it's a bad look. It's a really bad look. And it's just like, oh my God, this is going to be such a disaster. And it looks like the software that was used in Iowa, they had also planned on using that in Nevada too. And I think they've pulled that idea, hopefully. I mean, my God, we don't need this again. But like I said, rolling on to New Hampshire, everybody's just kind of going with Judge being the winner of Iowa, which this whole news cycle with the botching of Iowa pretty much ruined winning Iowa for anybody because it all got eclipsed by this just being a total and complete dumpster fire. So it's not really like anybody got a bounce from Iowa other than perhaps Bernie Sanders because his people are just, oh my God, these people are pissed. But moving on because the candidates did. Well, what choice do they have? I mean, you got to go to New Hampshire. It's like it's uh, at at this point, it's just one after another, after another, after another until we get to Super Tuesday. And then that's that's when I think you're really going to start seeing some more movement in the primary field as far as people dropping out. Like I said, when I did my recap of the Dem debate, I don't 
see anybody dropping out between now and Super Tuesday. I really don't. I could be surprised, but I I think everybody who's in it right now is going to hang in until Super Tuesday. And then obviously it's going to start becoming statistically impossible for certain people to continue their races. And so they're going to drop out. But we shall get there in a couple of weeks that are probably going to feel like a couple of years from now. But moving on past that particular dumpster fire to the final impeachment vote, which was on Wednesday. And obviously at this point, everybody already knows what happened. Um, Trump was voted not guilty on both charges. Um, the, the star of the show, though, was one Mitt Romney who actually split his vote. Um, He did vote guilty on the abuse of power charge, but he voted not guilty on the obstruction of justice charge. So his vote was a split vote. And yes, it does make history because he is the first person who is a member of the party that the president in question belongs to that actually voted against the president in any impeachment vote. So congratulations to Mitt Romney for making history. But I thought it was really interesting, his split vote. Um, I mean, I guess you could make, and I personally, I can make really solid arguments, I think, for both the abuse of power charge and the obstruction charge. But I, I can see where, because the House didn't pursue subpoenas to the fullest extent that they could have, that you could kind of wiggle out of voting guilty on the obstruction charge because you could always say, well, they didn't really test it in court, so you can't make the argument that obstruction of justice happened. Although I would say that Trump himself and the Trump administration making it very, very clear that yes, they told people in the administration do not comply with the subpoenas and they told the Department of Justice do not release the records and that people complied with those demands constitute obstruction of justice. But again, that's it, you, you can make the argument both ways. But I don't think it's difficult to make the abuse of power charge. And I, I thought that was interesting that Romney went guilty on that one and did went not guilty on the obstruction of justice. So obviously, the backlash to that has been massive. Um, you've got people trying to tell the people of Utah that they need to have a recall vote for Romney. Um, Trump Jr. said that Romney should be expelled from the party. Stop me if you think that you've heard this one before. So what's going to end up happening to Romney? I don't know. Is he going to get the Amash treatment? Probably. I mean, (laughs) and, and it just goes to prove like, okay, you can say that the GOP isn't a cult, it's a thing you could say, but if you deviate at all from supporting Trump 100%, all of a sudden, you're not welcome in the party anymore. That sounds a little cultish to me, guys. I don't know. So as far as the voters of Utah recalling Romney, that's not going to happen because the people of Utah know who they were voting for with Mitt Romney and Utah having a large Mormon population, they do not exactly love Trump. Like they, they've never approved of him. I mean, they obviously Mormons are conservative, but they do not like Trump. 
So the idea of Romney voting guilty on one of these two impeachment charges is not going to hurt him in Utah. Like, they, they, he probably could have voted guilty on both of them, and the people of Utah would have been like, okay, fine, cool. Yes, he doesn't deserve to be president. So that's kind of ridiculous. And expelling somebody from a party just because they don't support the de facto head of the party in one particular instance is just, it's a bit ridiculous, honestly. I'm sure Romney's not leaving the Republican Party. I don't think he'll do like Amash did and actually leave the party. Whether they will strip him of anything that he has, I don't know if he has any seats on any of the committees or anything. I mean, he is a freshman senator. I don't know. I'm not sure if they've placed him on any committees or anything, but they probably would move to strip him of his committee assignments, which is stupid. It's just so fucking stupid. But... Yeah, I don't think Romney's going anywhere. And shit, people in Utah probably vote his ass back in again. Because, yeah, they they know who they're voting for. It's not like Mitt Romney is like some surprise guy that like all of a sudden like, oh, you don't like Trump. Like he's never liked Trump. They know that. That's why they voted for him. But that happened. So impeachment is officially over. We will have no more impeachment weeks. Or I... <laughs> I say that. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, technically, I mean, you could impeach him again on something else. I mean, there's really nothing saying that you can't. I, I don't think that's going to happen anytime this year. But what happens in the next Congress? Who the hell knows? I could see them trying to do this again. But moving on past Trump's State of the Union speech, which I already did a whole episode on to kind of the other half of that equation. On Thursday, Trump gave a speech, I guess, for lack of a better term, to a group of friendlies in the White House. The The room was packed with, with friends in press that are friendly to him and some that are not so friendly, but press, supporters, stuff like that. And everybody pointed out in the State of the Union address that Trump did stay on on speech. He did stay on teleprompter. He did not bring up impeachment, which, like I said when I did my recap, that was announced ahead of the time that he would not be addressing impeachment in the State of the Union address. And so this rant speech thing, I mean, you can't really call it a speech because even Trump said that he didn't really write anything down. Like this wasn't a prepared speech. This was just him just talking for an hour. Yeah, this is this is the other half. This is the other shoe dropping because this was just an hour of Trump bitching about everything and everyone who he feels has ever wronged him. The whole impeachment process. Um, <laughs> he attacked Nancy Pelosi, saying that he, he thinks that she never prayed for him. Although, because you remember the quote that she said that she'll pray for him. He accused her of never praying for me, and I don't like it when people use their faith to say that they're doing something that they know is wrong, but they're doing it anyway, which is a slap against Romney because Romney invoked his faith in his decision to vote guilty on the charge that he voted on. Um, Obviously, Adam Schiff took heat, and it was just this rather unhinged rant. He called the impeachment process bullshit. And then they, for for some reason, I don't even know how he got here other than Steve Scalise was in the room. All of a sudden, we got this fairly graphic 
retelling of the congressional shooting where Steve Scalise did for a hot minute fear for his life and he, he was a little touch and go there. And so Trump goes into this telling of it and he starts out with saying that Scalise probably holds some kind of record for blood loss. And and, he, and then he's, he's like going through the whole series of events and he's like miming shooting people. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, first of all, don't do that in front of somebody who's been shot. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Steve Scalise did not really want to hear this bizarre retelling of the time that he almost died on a softball field. <laughs> Don't do that. Like, what the hell is wrong with you, dude? Like, every sane person knows not to do that. But that was the other half of what you knew was going to come. Like, you knew he wasn't going to just be like, you know what? This happened. Let's go. Let's move forward. Let's just uh, let's put it in the past. Oh, no. No, no, no. And... <laughs> Some of the reactions from Republicans as far as trying to defend Trump, specifically Susan Collins, who went out there and said, well, I'm sure Trump learned his lesson from this. And in the future, he'll be better about doing these sorts of things above board. And he's like, nope, nope, I'll do it again. And it's like, why, why does anybody try to defend this man? It just, it's, whoo, that was, that, that, that speech, that was some weird shit. <laughs> There was the weird shit speech that we were all waiting for. But moving on from that to Friday, again, going along with the the same theme of still being very pissed off about impeachment and getting your revenge on everybody who you feel wronged you. Um, Vindman was dismissed from his position in the National Security Council. Um, I, I think he's supposed to be transferred somewhere else. I'm not entirely sure where. I would not hold my breath on him being transferred somewhere else. I mean, I'm sure that was what said just to kind of let this smooth over and then he's going to be fired for something. And then his twin brother was also fired too, which his twin brother had nothing to do with any of this outside of just being his twin brother. So any idea that this was like some kind of like, uh, like thinning the herd or something like that, like stop it. And then on Friday, um, Gordon Sondland got fired too. He was the, well, now former ambassador to the European Union. Yeah, I mean, okay, here's the thing. And people will try to defend this by saying that people serve at the president's leisure and he can fire them whenever they want. Sure, he can. That doesn't mean that we can't point out that you did it for some petty ass reasons and we see why you did it. (laughs) <laughs> like if if Vindman and Sondland had not testified against Trump, they'd still have their jobs. Let's be real. Let, let's be 100% here, people. We all know why they got fired. And and <laughs> conservative blue checks tried to come out and especially on the Vindman firing, say like, oh, no, this was something that was in the works before impeachment. Um, they're downsizing over at NSC. This isn't that big a deal. And then Trump Jr. Because, again, this family, I don't know why anybody bothers to try to defend these people, goes on Twitter and makes a tweet about, well, thanks to Schiff and his crack investigative work, now my dad knows who to fire. Like, <laughs> 
You can't defend these people because any kind of good faith defense that anybody can try to come up with to explain the actions of the Trumps or the administration in general, somebody in the administration will come along, usually Trump himself, and blow your excuse out of the water by just admitting to what everybody else already knew was true. So again, just trying to defend these people, it's like, are you stupid? Like, why? You should know this by now, that trying to defend this dude, somebody, he's just gonna be like, nope, mm -mm. it it was perfect, and I'll do it again. It was a perfect phone call. I didn't learn anything. And try to make the excuse of, oh, well, this was this this firing was in the works and it's it's fine. It's cool. This isn't anything petty or vindictive. And then Junior coming along. Nope, it was petty and vindictive. Like, why bother to stake your reputation on trying to defend anybody in this administration? I don't understand it. But that brings us to yesterday, Saturday. And news on this is very preliminary, but... This is what we have right now is that in Afghanistan, um, there was an attack on Afghani and U.S. troops. And at this point, it looks like, as far as U.S. troops are concerned, um, there are two killed, six wounded. So, yes, we got an uptick on the body count in Afghanistan this week. And... I don't know if nobody's talking about this yet because this is super preliminary and, I mean, it is the weekend. A lot of people are not really paying attention on the weekends. People try to take the weekends off. You can't. I've tried. (laughs) But I'm wondering if we'll hear more about this in the coming week. I hope so because, obviously, I mean, now we have two more dead soldiers and six more wounded soldiers in Afghanistan in a place that we do not belong anymore, should have been gone from a decade ago. We just went over this with the Afghan papers that came out. Nobody knows why we're there. Nobody knows what the fuck we're doing. Why? 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 Why Why do we now have two more dead soldiers and six more wounded soldiers? I, and I'm hoping that this will renew pressure on the Trump administration to be serious about pulling out of Afghanistan because how many more dead troops do we need? Like, the the whole thing has been exposed as an absolute fucking farce. What? What else is it going to take to get us out of Afghanistan? How many more people have to die? How many more reams of paperwork do we have to release to show that nobody knows what the fuck we're doing? Nobody knows why we're there. There's no mission anymore. There's, There's no end game. Like, what? What is it going to take? I, I And so I hope... I hope next week we will have a serious discussion about Afghanistan. I I, I I hope. I hope so. So anyway, that sums up this week between this episode and the past two episodes. Yeah, th- like I said, this was a long week. There was a lot to discuss on this week. And I hope next week is quieter. Although I'm not holding my breath on that either, because like I said, we have this Afghanistan situation, which I think once people kind of start logging back in on Monday, we're going to hear more about that. Um, New Hampshire primary is Monday. And depending on what happens with that, I, I the Democratic Party is like busy trying to tear itself apart between the progressive side and the centrist neolib side. 
Whether that divide is going to become even more apparent in the next week? Probably. <laughs> and then I just, I don't, yeah, God only knows what kind of fresh hell next week will bring us. But at this point, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this one up. So if you did make it this far, thank you for listening. And if you do like this, please rate, comment, and subscribe. You can find me on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, and on my Patreon page. Take care and until next time.